One of the things that we don't do enough of when it comes to nutrition is rotating our diets. We tend to eat the same things. This is episode number 310 of the Life, Strength, and Health podcast. I'm Kim and I'm joined with Jamal. Greetings, everyone. And uh, peace and blessings. Yes. And thank you for joining us. In this episode, we're going to be discussing some foods that is beneficial to consume during the winter. But before we dive into that, this show is brought to you by our Winter Detox Program. During every change of season, it is beneficial to do a detox. This is the foundation of holistic health and natural living. And it's such a great way to rebalance and rejuvenate your body as you transition into each season. And during each seasonal cleanse, there are certain areas of the body that should get more love and attention. And in the winter, we recommend that it be your kidneys and bladder. And we created this program to take all of the guesswork out of doing a seasonal detox. And our detoxes include a manual, the products, and everything that you need to have a successful cleanse. So if you're interested in learning more about that, just go to lifestrengthandhealth.com for slash detox. So now let's segue into this week's Organic Food for Thought. And this week we're going to be talking about honey. So most of the honey that you find in the grocery store is pasteurized. And they do this because the high heat kills unwanted yeast. It helps to improve the color and texture of the honey. It removes any crystallization. It extends the shelf life. And when it's pasteurized, many of the beneficial nutrients are also destroyed in this process. But then there's also raw honey that's available. And raw honey has many benefits. It's high in antioxidants, depending on the quality of honey that raw honey that you consume. As far as nutrition, it contains healthful compounds. As I mentioned, antioxidants, it also contains amino acids and vitamins. Raw honey also has natural antibacterial and antimicrobial agents. And because of its unique chemical composition, raw honey does not help yeast or bacteria to grow in your body. Yes, in many areas of health, honey is recognized as a health food. Everyone will uh, get honey and they'll use it and they think that they're bringing health to their bodies, but all honey isn't created equally. Right. Most of the honey that people use is actually cooked. It's been boiled. So you definitely want to look out for that. And upgrading your honey is a very easy thing to do. And most of the time, it's recognizable. When you look at cooked honey versus raw honey, you can clearly tell the difference most of the time. Mm -hmm. But the thing about raw honey is that you want to make sure that your bottle actually says raw honey because it doesn't have to say raw honey in order for it to be raw. But if it says raw honey, it is, it is raw honey. Right. <laughs> and, and like I can tell at this point, but you don't want to take chances. You want to make sure that your honey says raw honey on it. So a lot of times people will, will get honey. They'll think that is raw or they will assume that is raw just because it might have 
the honeycomb in it or something like that. But that means absolutely nothing. You or a pretty bottle. Yeah, or a pretty bottle. Um, it'll, it'll say all natural and things like that. And like we've taught you in the past, that word really doesn't mean anything. So you want to make sure that your bottle is saying raw honey. But usually it'll be more crystallized. It'll be thicker. Sometimes it'll be solid. And that's uh, ways to tell. Usually when it's very dark and very uh, loose, almost like molasses, it's been cooked. So raw honey is definitely a healthy thing to consume when you're consuming it the right way. Uh, One final point that I'll make about honey is that even though it can have health benefits, you still want to have it moderately. You Mm -hmm. don't want to consume a lot of honey. You know, a, a, a good average is one to two tablespoons in a day. So it's not something that should be consumed in high volumes. So if you have it in moderate amounts, you're having the right types, it can be very healthy for you. And if you have blood sugar challenges, even though it's a healthy sweetener, you still have to be mindful of how much you're consuming. Yes. So now let's segue into this week's episode. And we're going to be discussing foods that are beneficial to consume during the winter season. And in episode number 308, we talked about winter detoxification. And during the winter season, this is when people tend to be less hydrated because, you know, the days are shorter, the weather is getting colder, the temperature is dropping, we're staying home more, doing less, becoming more sedentary. And because of this, we drink less fluids. And we mentioned that drinking warm fluids is a great way to hydrate your body during this time of year, because this is something that our bodies are gravitating to anyway. So in episode number 309, we talked about herbal teas as a great way to hydrate your body during the winter season. And another thing that we mentioned was hydrating yourself through soups and stews. So in this episode, we're going to talk more about the ingredients that you can put into your soups and stews during this time of year. Yes. And one thing that is important, uh, we're going to definitely get into foods that you can add to your soups and stews, but these are just foods that are good to eat during the winter anyway. One of the things that we don't do enough of when it comes to nutrition is rotating our diets. We tend to eat the same things. A lot of times we sit down with clients and they'll have this list of foods that they eat and that's all they eat. Mm -hmm. Every time they go to the grocery store, that's what they get. If it's kale, every time they go to the grocery store, they get kale. If it's chicken, every time they go to the grocery store, they get chicken. But one thing that's important to note is I think people think they eat more of a variety than they than they actually do. Right. Yeah. You know, it's not much of a variety as they think. And what happens is all foods have a different range of nutrition. So the more variety of foods you get, the more range of nutrition you're going to get in your diet. If you eat the same exact things all the time, you are going to develop deficiencies in something, whether it's small, whether it's large, 
you're going to be imbalanced. And I think that's why it's beneficial to eat with the season so you get the rotation. Right. And and that's the whole point, you know, like when you are trying to eat with the seasons, when certain things are harvesting and coming around, you're going to get that level of nutrition and then you move on. And then in addition to that, it's going to give your body a break from certain things. One of the things that we talk about during the winter season is starting to pull back on your fruits. Right. Because that's not something that grows all year around. So you want to take a break to give your insulin levels time to reset. Give your body a break from um, all of the sugar from eating. Even though it's a natural sugar, we still want to cycle and give our bodies a break. And it goes back to what I said earlier Fruit is beneficial to eat. And like you said, it's high in sugar. So during the warmer seasons, you're more active. So you're going to burn off that sugar. But if you're consuming all these fruits, but being more sedentary, that's not beneficial at at all. Right. And then when you take into account the unnatural sweeteners and the processed foods with the sweeteners, so you're consuming those and you're having all of the natural sweeteners as well, it just becomes overload. Mm -hmm. So as we are moving through the winter, you pull back on these things. You allow yourself, your body to get more insulin sensitive. Uh, By the end of the summer, moving into the fall, we're more insulin resistant because of the sugar. So it's like we allow ourselves to go through these cycles so we can take a break from certain things Mm -hmm. and we can consume and we can get uh, certain foods in. So during the winter time, we want to focus on really good foods to consume during this time of the year. Right. So the first types of foods we're going to discuss is root vegetables. And some root vegetables are sweet potatoes, rutabaga, carrots, and beets. Yeah, definitely um, the root vegetables don't get enough attention Right. I know we know about uh, potatoes. People eat plenty of, of potatoes. <laughs> yeah. um, that That's one of the things that they say our society is. They say that we live in a meat and potatoes type of society. But we want to expand beyond just regular potatoes and we want to look at sweet potatoes and just look at the other variety of potatoes other than the typical white potatoes. And then one um, root vegetable that people don't eat a lot of is a rutabaga. Rutabaga is a very delicious root vegetable and it's not going to be as starchy as uh, a potato when it's not going to have as much uh, carbohydrates as some of those more complex things like the grains. So rutabaga is great. You can mash it just like you would uh, a potato or Mm -hmm. bake it. Um, We love to put it in in, uh, soups and stews. It tastes great. Uh, Carrots, Uh, That seems like it's a a favorite. People like to cut it up raw, but you can cook that along with beets and you could do a lot of amazing things with soups and stews with those foods. Yes. The next food that we're going to discuss is squashes. Squashes are huge um, because one is that during the wintertime, they can store for a very long time. And that that goes back to the root vegetables as well. Root vegetables, squashes, they can store for a very long time. Mm -hmm. So you can harvest them late and they store for a very long time. So those are good things to naturally have during the winter. They're very grounding foods. 
And a lot of people don't eat a lot of squash, right? Um, especially black people. Like we talk to a lot of black people that that uh, never even try squash before right. outside of maybe pumpkin, you know, like some pumpkin pie or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> but... But you right. know we don't we don't eat a lot of squash. I know I know people from the from the islands, the Caribbeans. I, I know you all eat a lot of squash. That's mm. that's a staple. But in the Americas, yeah, we don't yeah. we don't eat a lot of squash like that. You know, but we're missing out on a whole kind of area of of nutrition with all of the different squashes. So they're they're like carby, but they're not like overly uh, sugary. In a sense, and they're, they're really delicious. It's delicious, yeah. Yeah, and there's so many different types that uh, that you can have, but we're just locked in on the things that are easier to get during the winter. So uh, butternut squash, you can get uh, spaghetti squash, which is uh, popular because it shreds really nice, and um, people will actually use it like a pasta mm-hmm. without having pasta, which can get you in trouble. Uh, just with, you know, the grains and, and, and the starch and things like that. And something called kabocha squash. A lot of times you see that squash that looks like pumpkins. It'll be little and green. And um, those are great as well. So squashes are must-haves during the winter time, And they go great in, in uh, soups and stews, especially something like a butternut squash. You can make a nice butternut squash soup. Yes, and it's delicious. And the last food we're going to talk about in this episode is meat stock or bone broth. Bone broth and meat stocks are really growing in popularity. You're starting to hear a lot more about them. Mm-hmm. And and really, if we look at traditional foods, this is uh, things that we've been consuming all along. It's just that now we're starting to... Uh, give fancy names to stuff because when you uh, make a soup or a stew and you're cooking it with the the meat and bone of the um, whatever it is that you're consuming and you're letting it simmer over the course of hours, you're pulling the nutrition from the bone, the joints, you're pulling nutrition from the marrow, mm-hmm. you're pulling nutrition from the meat as well as the vegetables. So uh, these are things that uh, we've been doing all along. I remember growing up, uh, my dad used to make around the holidays, he would always uh, take the uh, turkey, the leftover turkey of the bones and the meat, and he would make uh, these incredible soups. And this is something that, that he did all throughout my childhood. And whenever we were sick, he would... Um, you know, make these incredible soups for us. And now uh, come to find out that there's so much nutrition in there and it helps to boost your immunity. And, uh, you know, real chicken soup made with uh, the chicken and the bone is really good to have when you're not feeling well because it actually speeds up recovery. So over any supplement. Exactly. That's processed. Like when you get it directly from the food source, it's so much more powerful. Right. So after the fact, now we're, you know, the um, technology or the science is catching up with uh, tradition. So now we're seeing that these things are actually healthy. So now that it's cold and you're gravitating toward warm things, it's a good opportunity to start consuming broths in the form of meat stocks and bone broth. Highly nutritious, full of so many different 
minerals and proteins and fats that really nourish the body, really help to uh, heal and seal your gut overall and just wonderful foods to have during this time of year. And one thing to remember is the source of the meat or the bone broth is very important. So you want organic, you know, grass fed if you're using beef free range, if you're using chicken. So the source of it is very important. So those are the three foods that would be beneficial to consume during the winter season. Just some important things to remember when you're consuming these foods and making stews with them, you want to cook them properly because it's all about digestion and you want to make sure that they're cooked down. And when you're making soups and stews, don't be concerned about overcooking those vegetables because the nutrients is going to go into the broth. So, you know, you want to make sure that they're cooked properly so that you can digest them easily. Another thing you want to remember is if you have digestive system challenges, you know, you can always modify your recipes. If there's certain foods that right now you're not able to consume, like if you're working with us on a program, there's some do's and don'ts that we have in our customized programs. So it's okay to modify your recipes to make it work for you. And the most important thing is try new ingredients. You know, give yourself a challenge for each month to try a new vegetable or try a new squash during the winter season and see what you can do with it. You know, if you don't try it, you'll never know how it tastes. And you're definitely missing out on so many powerful foods that are available. So that is the conclusion of this episode. Hopefully you receive value from it. The show notes page for this episode is lifestrengthandhealth.com forward slash 310. There you can find out about our winter detox program and you can also opt into our live healthier family. So thank you for listening. Stay tuned for the next episode. And until next time, live healthier. Yes, live healthy, everyone. Peace and blessings.